this is Paul Brennan, PGA Professional with Believe in Tennessee Golf, here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Our show is a breakdown of all things golf in the volunteer state. We will cover men's and women's golf tournaments, professional amateur events, and dive into junior golf as well. We'll talk to the players, the instructors, and the organizers. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminaire, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com or at Believe Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at pbrandon21 or on Twitter at QIC underscore golf pro. So we've seen some announcements come out this week. Um, PG Tour is looking at resuming the schedule. Uh, Later in June, probably going to go no players or no uh, spectators at first. Um, the Tennessee PGA has announced some updates. We'll actually go over that later. I have my good friend Adam Greeno, tournament director, on for our interview today. Um, the TGA has announced moving around some uh, qualifying dates for the state open. So, again, trying to do that. But after last week's putting practice and how to practice in bay or indoors, came across this nice little stat kind of tied into what we talked about last week. But percent of putts by distance, 34% of all putts occur from inside 7 feet. Another 25 are from 7 to 14 feet and another 23% from 29 feet and under. So what you're going to run into is you have about 75% of all your putting occurs from inside 30 feet. So, and again, half over half 60% of that being inside 14, 15 feet. So practicing indoors, working on that speed and that touch is a really good way during this time to work on your putting and help scoring. Again, like I said, you can find all kinds of of information and drills out there uh, on all types of uh, sources of how to practice your short game. A lot of the tour pros are showing some updates. I saw Colwyn come from Kepka. He's actually in the offseason been working on some left-handed shots. He actually challenged uh, JT and a couple of and Ricky, uh, a couple of those guys to some left-handed challenges, and so some really cool stuff on there. But so we're going to dive right into the interview with Adam Greeno. Uh, Adam, uh, we'll go over a lot of this later, but uh, Adam is the tournament director for the Tennessee PGA, so he is the governing body uh, or is the main head for the governing body that we see at the tournaments throughout the season. All right, everyone. I introduce you to my good friend, Adam Greeno. He is our Tennessee tournament director for the PGA. He's been uh, doing tournaments for 12 years, so he's been Scoring incorrectly all these years, I think I've shot him way better than he adds it up, so one of us is a better counter than the other. But Adam, say hello to everybody. Hey, everybody. Uh, excited to be on with Paul here, and I'm looking forward to the next couple minutes with him. Perfect. So, Adam, give us a little history. Um, where'd you grow up? Um, are you from the Middle Tennessee area? where did you go to school? When did you get into golf? Things like that. Yeah, so I'm uh, originally from Vermont. My parents still live there. I uh, went to high school at Mount St. Joseph Academy. I uh, was big into pretty much anything sport-related, so basketball, baseball, golf, football, soccer, you name it. I was all about it in high school. Uh, that's kind of when I really got into golf seriously. Um, really started out as a youngster, just going out with my dad, playing a couple holes uh, right before dark, and knew I loved the game, and like I said, loved all sports, so 
once I got to high school, I started working at the golf course. And uh, from there, just worked my way kind of through the different operations that the golf course had and uh, ended up really liking the tournament side of things and being able to see different people and all the different folks that came in for either charity events or member guests, member member, all those kind of things. And just really liked that side of things. Um, after high school, went to Daniel Webster College, which is in New Hampshire, and uh, played basketball there, and also got myself onto the golf team, which will be a, a fun story for a little bit, and uh, played baseball for him as well. But uh, the original plan was just to go play basketball, and uh, while I was in college, worked at that same uh, golf course in the summers and kind of whenever we had a break, so. That's uh, kind of how I got the, the start in golf and some of the, the schools I went to. and um, Yeah. So collegiate player, played in high school, but didn't have any intentions of playing golf in college. So you said it's going to lead to a story. You, got, you can't tease me like that. Come on, give me the answers. Yeah, so I recruited to go play basketball. That was definitely the, the true love at the time. And um, played my freshman year. Got to know everyone kind of in the athletic department at Daniel Webster and um, uh, all the coaches were, were real close with each other, and people knew that uh, I had played golf, but, I mean, obviously wasn't golf team caliber. Uh, my sophomore year was walking around. The assistant coach saw me have a, a Titleist umbrella one day that it was raining, and he came up to me and said, hey, Adam, we got this match tomorrow. Uh, we need one more player. Uh, any chance you could help us out and come play for us? So kind of gave him the funny look, uh, are you sure? Like, yeah, I have clubs and I'm not very good, but I can come be a warm body for you if I can get out of some classes in the process. That was just a bonus. And from there, I ended up playing two years for the college team after that little encounter. <laughs> That's awesome. So I don't know if you listened to the podcast a couple of weeks ago, but I had our friend Lauren Personette on. And Lauren actually, his freshman year in college with Jaquanis, which didn't even have a golf team, they created a golf team just to allow him to play. So here you are walking around the umbrella. Uh, <laughs> exactly. In the golf team. <laughs> That's amazing. So tell me a little bit about your family. Uh, parents still live in Vermont. Uh, my dad's an avid golfer. I live here in Middle Tennessee with my wife and uh, now 10-month-old. Uh, my wife, Lindsay, was a collegiate golfer as well. She played at, at Lipscomb for Buddy Harston. And those are kind of some of the best memories for me when I get to go out and play golf with, with Lindsay and my dad. And there's nothing better than spending some time with them out on the golf course and looking forward to uh, the little one getting involved in the game and being able to fill out that foursome. Awesome. So here's the personal question. Who's the better golfer in the house? Oh, I think I can take her now, but that's just as of recently because she doesn't play much and doesn't practice. And I, I think I can, I think I can take her. But that was definitely not the answer a couple years ago. It was uh, okay. I'm having to work sure, at it. I'll make sure I send her the link to this quiz, uh, this uh, interview, so she can hear that. Absolutely, please do. <laughs> Perfect. So, which college? What left Vermont, New Hampshire, and got you to Tennessee? How did you get down here? Uh, so my assistant basketball coach was roommates with a, a former employee for the Tennessee PGA, and that was kind of a connection. I started my sophomore year saying, hey, I need an internship for my senior year in order to graduate. And the basketball coach was like, man, I got the perfect spot for you to go. 
um, you, you learn a lot about golf and you'll have a good time in the process. And that was uh, definitely the truth and was able to secure a, an internship with the Tennessee PGA back in 2009. And um, they keep paying me, so I keep sticking around. It, it, it's a real good relationship we've got. <laughs> Perfect. So you come down, you do an internship, and then how did you go on board full-time? I, I know you started off as the assistant tournament director and then took over the tournament director. So tell me how all that went down. Yeah, so pretty much uh, when I first started back in 2009, the end of it there, uh, they brought me on as a field director, which was just kind of a, a made-up position. Um, I really liked the area, really liked the job. And um, at the time, Jeff Abbott was the executive director, so he was able to make up a position for me. And um, at that time, our assistant ED was Todd Havron. And um, Todd left Golf House, and at that time, that's when they kind of bumped me up to the assistant tournament director. And then uh, from there, moved over to tournament director a few years back. So tournament operations, you kind of just, you know, first job out of college, interned, fell in love with the area, moved into it. But what drove you to stay in tournament operations? I mean, obviously you're the one we scream at when we don't like the whole positions and the scoring or the T. So why do you put up with this so much? That's a great question. Um, a lot of it's re- <laughs> relationships. You know, having a, a different golf course in your office every single week, it, it's really fun. And being able to travel all over Tennessee and see a good group of core PGA professionals that I get to hang out with, it, it's really fun. And, and who better than to tell you how you should be running a tournament than PGA professionals themselves. So it's definitely challenging at times, but still a, a lot of fun being able to see that the group of folks that really travel the state with us and then some of the fringe players that you only get to see a couple times a year, just building that relationship with them. And um, just that's the definitely the fun and rewarding part of the job. So you just said that you've completed your 12th tournament season. You've been here with us that long. So now obviously 2020 is a crazy year with all the adjustments and the changes going on, but let's just take us through a normal year. I know normally, you release a schedule for us in December, kind of the tentative with some dates dialed in. And then normally January, February, everything's in place, maybe a late edition, and we start tournament play in March. So that's just what I see on the side of it. How long are you working on tournaments, or when did you start working on tournaments for 2020? Gotcha. So really it's over a year out is when we'll start the scheduling process and trying to find – some of the, the bigger events that are the three-day long events are our professional championship. But those events definitely take a little bit more time, and um, we try to get those on the books as soon as possible just because we know it's a big time commitment from all the players. So try to get that date out as soon as we can uh, just so you can block it off and kind of work it around your club's tournament schedule. But, yeah, uh, I'd, I'd say a little over a year out is when we really start to, to hammer some stuff home. Um, on the schedule side of things, a lot of it has to be done a little closer to like the October, November date, just because we work so closely with the Tennessee Golf Association and just trying to stay away from competing events and the, the junior tour doing the same thing uh, with the SNEDS tour, trying to make sure our junior events are not on top of any of their bigger events. So it's really challenging to try to massage all the different events that go on in Tennessee and, and make sure we're not overlapping and, and competing with each other for the, the same tournament players. 
Right, which that's the convenience that Tennessee has, that all our governing foundations are in the same building. So you see each other on a day-to-day process, so it's easy to schedule and, and, and get together to make sure that we're not overlapping with anything. That's amazing. I know what y'all do with Chad and Witt and all those guys to make everything work. So, and again, I, I, I aggravate y'all every time I'm in a tournament, which I know you're tired of me for that, but going into the setup of a course, um, like we just had our, our – section championship at Holston Hills last year. Um, Three-day event, you were able to go through and move the tees every day, um, having to set the pin placements and things like that. Walk me through, and again, I got to aggravate you a lot on Sunday and Monday for the prep of that, but walk us through how that normally goes. Yeah, so each event's really different just because of the nature of, hey, sometimes it's a fun event, sometimes it's kind of a, a team event, sometimes it's a real serious individual stroke play event could be a qualifier for a a bigger event so a lot of it depends on kind of what the overall goal is for the event Um, so with that in mind uh, like the the event you were just talking about the PGA professional championship that's also a qualifier for a a national event overtime do there is just set up a golf course that is really fair um, but challenging at the same time so we'll start with a, a site visit um, a couple months before the event, start kind of picking out some things that we might like to see where the holes are, maybe get out there and just have a, a putter and a ball and just kind of hit it around on the green a little bit just to see what things do and just know each green a little bit. And then um, once we get close to the event, a couple of days out, we're out there uh, stepping off the green, getting the green depths, um, going through and trying to pick hole locations that uh, are different and challenging but yet still very fair we have a little tool called the brake master so we have a the degree of slope right at the hole so we'll kick that around and uh, just try to pick out that that spot that um provides the the best experience and will allow good golf shots to be rewarded so i know we uh we had the shorter hole number 16 at the event slightly uphill a little over 300 yards, but you moved this up one or two days. And I remember when we had our, um, what was the hideaway now at the Troubadour, um, we had a hole that you moved it up to make it a drivable hole. What goes into those decisions to give you that risk-reward idea? Yeah, a lot of it plays into the, just how the hole is set up. Um, like doing stuff like that, especially on a three-day event, just so you're not playing the same thing over and over again. But when you have a right around a 300 yard hole, sometimes a little less, sometimes a little more, depending on if it's downhill or uphill. Um like to try to bait some players into um, playing the risk-reward factor. Um, usually, like the hole you're talking about at Holston Hills, there's out-of-bounds behind the green, there's trouble left, there's trouble right, so it takes a, a really good drive if you want to try to go for it. But then if you take out a, an iron and hit two, two eight irons, you could play it and still have a, a great chance at birdie, so um, that's kind of the thought process. Um, just like to have some fun and just make things a little different than doing the, the same exact golf experience uh, for three straight rounds. For sure. And you've already mentioned we have some that are qualifiers, some that are points events that we go through the year, and then we have the fun and the team events. So on average, about how many events do you all run out of the Tennessee PGA uh, a year? We have right around 30 a year. Um, some of those are for our PGA members only. Some have PGA members and amateurs. 
summer qualifiers for the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, we have one PGA Junior event that uh, is a qualifier for the, the national PGA Junior. So we, we have a really good mix of um, different formats of play with different types of golfers. Okay. And, of course, we can find all that on the – go ahead and let you name the website for us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the Tennessee PGA is T-E-N-N-P-G-A.com, and the website has all of our events that we run. And kind of our goal with the event is really to make it a, a really good experience for our, the players. So if you're an amateur out there and want to come join one of our tournaments and, and find a team, um, feel free to reach out to us. We'll definitely help you find a, a PGA professional to get on a team with. But our kind of goal is to make sure we are providing a, a great experience for you, that you have a, a great time, and because of that, would want to come back and, and do it again. So shifting gears a little bit off the tournament side, so tell me about your best golf memory. You talked about playing that with your dad and, and getting out with your wife some. So what's your greatest golf memory? Uh, my greatest golf memory is uh, a trip to the Masters. That was a once-in-a-lifetime event for me. Uh, it was back a couple of years ago. I was able to take a private jet on the Wednesday practice round, went to the Masters at like early in the morning, and was home by dinner. Uh, was able to watch the par three and the cabin, and it was just a, an amazing experience that will uh, forever be on, on top of the list. It's going to be pretty hard to beat that one. Hold on, checking my phone. I don't seem to have got the text of when we were going down for that. What happened here? Exactly. So uh, <laughs> I went with Jeff, and uh, he had Wednesday practice rounds that he won in the lottery. Uh, talked to the Wilts and was able to, to hop on their jet that was going down, and um, our original plan up until about 24 hours was we were going to drive down and make kind of a, a two-day trip out of it and still have a lot of fun in the process. But when this popped up, it was uh, for sure a once-in-a-lifetime experience that uh, can never be topped. Oh, that's amazing. So now me tell me about your greatest memory. Were you actually playing golf? Actually playing golf? Oh, there's too many to really recall, but... Um, Probably just being in college and going through the, the conference championship. Um, that was a, a really fun experience, being there with 15 other schools and getting to meet some of the other players on the team. Uh, the good thing is when you're not super competitive, you get to just go out there and really relax and have a good time doing it. So um, that was the case for a lot of the guys that I got to play with. So um, some lifelong friends that I was able to pick up there and, just really enjoyed that time experience. Awesome. So, again, 2020 being a crazy year, what are our plans going forward? I know you all made some announcements yesterday and today as far as when the tournament season is going to go on. But how far are you into – are you already planning 2021? Are you looking at events for that? And what else do you have planned for 2020? Yeah, so right now our 2020 schedule, uh, we've postponed or had to cancel all, all of the events that were scheduled in April. Um, the, the one event that was canceled was the qualifier for the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, all the other events that we had planned were rescheduled to later in the year. And just yesterday, we made the announcement that uh, our first event in May has been postponed and rescheduled for a little bit later in May. And uh, another event that was later in May has been moved to September. So once we get started, uh, we are going to be hot and heavy until we have our kind of final program of the year, which is in Las Vegas. 
uh, where we bring about 200 people out there for a, a really fun travel pro-am. But our staff uh, now with uh, Clayton, our executive director, um, Kyle Bachman, our assistant tournament director, and Paul Stanek, our operations manager, we've been working real hard at uh, trying to make sure that we don't have to cancel very many events um, for the, the 2020 season and be able to still provide that experience that we're social distancing and um, keeping everybody safe once we're able to start up again. Um, for 2020, we have a couple events already scheduled. Um, our bigger, what we like to call our majors, the, the professional championship, assistant professional championship, and our senior. Um, those are the three that we always try to schedule first, and we have a couple of those on the books already. Uh, can't quite give the spoiler alert on when and where yet, but uh, we'll be able to release that here in the next couple months. Yeah, do you want to give out the uh, Instagram and Twitter feeds for the Tennessee PGA? Yeah, uh, social media. If you go to our website, all three are in the top right-hand corner, but uh, most of them are T-E-N-N-P-G-A, and you'll be able to find us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So Facebook, it's facebook.com slash T-E-N-N-P-G-A. Instagram is T-E-N-N-P-G-A, and um, Twitter is the same T-E-N-N-P-G-A. Well, awesome, Adam. I'm only mindful of your time. I know how much you're planning and getting going through these hard times right now. And plus, with the 10-month-old house, I'm sure you're being pulled in a lot of different directions. But I want to thank you so much for coming on and spending some time with us today. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Uh, enjoyed it. And definitely looking forward to being able to get out on the golf course and see your smiling face along with everyone else that, that plays in the event. So really looking forward to that and appreciate the time here today. Perfect. Thanks again, Adam. Thanks, Paul. So, again, I want to thank Adam for spending some time with us today going through, uh, again, I know how busy his schedule is with everybody being shut down, working from home, and trying to figure out how to get us idiots out to play a little bit of golf this year. Uh, again, you can find all that information on T-E-N-N-P-G-A.com uh, and on their Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook feeds. So, everybody, I'm going to kind of let you go with that. Keep being safe. Hopefully, you're taking advantage of this beautiful weather if you're able to get out and play golf. Uh, keep the questions on Twitter and Instagram coming. You can reach me at Instagram at pbrandon21 or on Twitter at QIC underscore golf pro. You can also find the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminaire, and TuneIn. You can also find us Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. So again, be safe, be careful, have some fun, get out and play some golf, and we'll talk to you next week.